Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your hosts, Mike Fagan and Tim Ben. We're opinion, fact, informative, and your alert system. Now let's get ready to rumble. Good day once again, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on some thoughtful perspective from Council Member Rod Higgins this Thursday here on Right Spokane Perspective. Now, when public debate erupted over a controversial Singapore law, it divided believers with differing views. Some called others narrow-minded or accused them of compromising their faith. Controversies can cause sharp divisions among God's family, bringing much hurt and discouraging people. I've been made to feel small over personal convictions on how I apply the Bible's teachings to my life, and I'm sure that I'm equally guilty of criticizing others I disagree with. I wonder if the problem lies not in what or even how we express our views, but in the attitudes of our hearts when we do so. Are we just disagreeing with views or seeking to tear down the people behind them? Yet there are times when we need to address false teachings or explain our stand. Ephesians 4, verse 2 through 6, reminds us to do so with humility, gentleness, patience, and love, and, above all else, to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Some controversies will remain unresolved. God's Word, however, reminds us that our goal should always be to build up people's faith, not tear them down. Are we putting others down to win an argument, or are we allowing God to help us understand His truths in His time and His way? remembering that we share one faith in one Lord. You know the drill, folks. Father God, you are a loving God. Guide us as we speak the truth so that we do so out of love and seek only to build up and not tear down. In your son's Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, that is something kind of interesting in this time that we're in, speaking the truth and also speaking it in love, but, you know, instead of tearing people down and, you know, people have their ballots in hand and we are in the middle of, as I always say, the most important election of our lifetime, Mike. And uh, what we see politically happening is all the tearing down and the propaganda and the posturing. And we don't see a lot of political candidates seeking the truth. I mean, if you find one, if you see one, I I hope everyone's filling out the ballot for that individual because we have so many politicians out there that are trying to uh, persuade us to vote for them using false narratives. It's not a lie. It's uh, intentionally misleading. Yes. Is that what it is? That's that's what they call it? No, they're lies. In no way do you sound as though you're tearing anybody down. You are just speaking the truth in love. Right. That's right. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes the truth in love is saying, look, this politician is doing this. This individual is doing this when they're telling you this is what they're going to do if they get elected, but this is their real true behavior. And that's speaking truth in love. It, you might be, it might not be a good thing that the individual is doing. It might tear them down, but if it's the truth and we're warning our neighbor about the pitfalls of the policies that our government is putting before us, then, uh, you know, we're speaking the truth in love and, and we need honorable people in leadership. And so, uh, it's an interesting time to have this conversation about that with the inspiration. And now we've got to refer to uh, Rod Higgins, who's in the studio with us today. And he's not running for office currently, so I'm not sure why he's here. He's looking at me like he's got some truth and love. 
Well, I'll tell you something, Tim. I'm going to have to correct you you for just a minute because officially the title would be the Honorable Rod Higgins that serves on the city of Spokane Valley's city council. And as we always strongly encourage you folks, you got to log on and check these folks out. What was the title I used? Did I use the wrong title? Uh, No, it doesn't matter, man. (laughs) Thank you for it doesn't matter. That's right. You guys articulate wonderfully well with your tongue in your cheeks. (laughs) As we we always strongly encourage you folks you got to log on and check out spokane valley you can do so by going to www.spokanevalley.org again that'll be spokanevalley.org i also have the phone number with which you may use to pick up and dial up locally council member rod higgins and if you've desire to do so that number is going to be 509-990-4028 again 990-4028 that's funny Ron, that you said we say so with our tongue in our cheek and i so every now and again i'll have especially people from the left who would like me to shut my mouth but that's hard to do with tongue in cheek you'll bite your tongue <laughs> and i'm not gonna bite my tongue either so what what say you well don't don't be filing your teeth then <laughs> that's well we got to be able to bite into some of these issues what do you have for us this evening well as we were talking here you brought up some other things that i hadn't thought about especially the national issues because we're talking about politicians doing or claiming to do things that they will not do and immediately popped into my mind mitch mcconnell mm-hmm. you'll recall paul ryan and that dynamic duo managed to <laughs> keep us in place for nearly four years without you know think what trump might have done had those clowns not been doing what they do. And now here's Connell, you know, trying to keep, what's her name, the senator from Alaska? Right. Yeah. Oh, well, I wouldn't have used that word. <laughs> well, yeah. that just acknowledges that, that yes, Mur- I know Mur- who you're talking about, Murkowski. but I don't recall Mur- the name. Murkowski. Mur- Mur- there you go. Yeah. Lisa, right. Yeah, especially when uh, I think that, wasn't she she was born into the position? Yeah, yeah, yeah I believe so, yeah. The senator, then the governor. And, and she, she got just, appointed. Yep. So, so the political powers, and that's, you know, so much of the problem, and I know that's probably not what you want to talk about today, but the dishonesty in politics today and the, the fact that we're not getting truth and love, we're getting lots of propaganda, is the amount of money in politics today. And so the money machine, you know, like the Mitch McConnell's who, I mean, obviously he didn't like Trump and I wouldn't either if my wife and her family were one of the largest shippers of products from China, because the guy was not talking positive about China. Right. So, you know, there's too much money in politics. And when it comes to greed, it's not just because everybody needs money, but the love of money and power, the greed and the narcissism, truly with these politicians and the amount of money that they have no problems just lying to us passing budgets to help their buddies while we're paying the bills and we're watching our i don't know great 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 grandchildren go into national debt well we have an opportunity yes we do and i'm looking at the opportunity to blow it if mcconnell retains his leadership position Mm -hmm. because he will be an obstacle of great proportion to anything coming down that pike but it all starts at the local level. And the ballot that shows up to our house in the mail that everybody's already received comes down to doing your due diligence at every level of government, not just the federal level. And so you're saying get back on topic, right? So let's do that. <laughs> well, well sometimes, I mean, I, I don't have the money or the power to deal with Mitch, but we do have local elections where my vote's going to count in greater portion. Well, let me pose a question to you that's been bothering me for some time here. There's a guy named Bob McCaslin, and he's running for county auditor Uh 
and the county auditor has in the past raised some question marks, like cameras that don't work, not letting election observers observe, having a back room that nobody ever goes in to look at, and rules for some people but not her and people around. Well, yeah, you get the picture. Yes. Well, what I've been wondering here is... Well, not only that, Rod, but I mean, I just got done uh, taking a look at some headlines here that lead me to believe that, you know, outside PACs, political action committees, have actually come into the county of Spokane, and they are spending tens of thousands of dollars on Dalton's campaign right now. That's right. the first time I've ever heard of something like that happening in one of her races. Well, and folks, so if you want some she context. Must be, she must be concerned like Patty Murray is concerned right now. Probably. Well, and folks, if you want some context, we did a podcast, a three-part series, actually, on elections with election observers and people that are researching elections and election integrity. You know, so you can go listen to those podcasts, but also you can, you know, volunteer to go be an election observer here in Spokane County. You might be too late for this election but you'll get to see what you don't get to see yeah and, exactly and it's pretty profound you said that very well you'll get to see what you they will not let you see absolutely yep. yeah. you bet. well so we get down to my question is and that under the rubric of conflict of interest wouldn't you think if there was any question about the legality the the fairness of of your office that you would step aside and let somebody else run the show for this election Right. So there's no question whatsoever because there's going to be. Well, I, I yeah, think, you know, I, and I think that should be a new rule because I think that's a valid the, question. Well, you start looking at it and you're like, oh, okay, well, we're going to make sure this person, you know, has an honest, you know, election. We're going to make sure that everything's on the up and up. And so, Mike, just to make sure that you keep your house and your job, we're going to let you oversee your own audit. That's not the way this goes. That, no. that shouldn't be the way it goes. And so really, even if you let the deputy auditor run the election, the deputy auditor is kept in place through the election process, through the auditor that's elected. So you should really have maybe the county sheriff being the oversight for elections rather than the auditor once they're up for office. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I'll give you a couple more examples. You know, some of the community organizations that I've served with for years and years and years have the same type of thought process, if you will, with regard to conflict of interest. For instance, you know, as the commander of the VFW post, when we have an official post meeting on a monthly basis, the only way that I can make a motion during the meeting directly is if I turn my gavel over to my senior vice commander for the purpose of making that motion and engaging in that vote same thing you know being uh, the chair of a neighborhood council uh, you know the bylaws the conflict uh, pertaining to conflict of interest would have me turn my gavel over to the vice chair or the vice president of the club the group the meeting the committee yeah. in order to you know fully engage in the democratic well, process and I, and I think the problem you know requesting this is that the current auditor would not want uh, an independent audit like bob mccaslin is saying that he would like to see an independent audit of the auditor's uh, policies and practices and also you would have like if we were to elect bob mccaslin he would also be one of those people that says well these election machines were not certified by the you know federal calibrated uh, and, and certified and calibrated and cer certified by the agency at the federal level that's looking over all across the counties but uh, you know we're we're not the only county that doesn't have those certifications for those machines so any other thoughts on that one well what you just said to me says hey i can see a lot of people out there 
who do not want to see Bob McCaslin even close to that office for the doors that he might open and the light that might shine in. So I'm hearing loud and clear from a person who lives in the Spokane County area who has also worked with Bob McCaslin while he was a legislator representing the district that you live in. I think Rod Higgins is saying loud and clear, vote Bob McCaslin. Funny you would think that, but yes, absolutely. Well, I just, you, you know, we, you know, don't want to beat around the bush since it's already been trimmed back and burned down by the gov that's, uh, you know, taxing us enough to where we can't buy the water to water the bush. Yeah, and you know, again, I, the thing that, that I way. find very, very laughable and ironic during this particular election cycle is the fact that a lot of the Democratic or the left-leaning candidates are all against dark money issues. But boy, I'll tell you what, when it comes to getting outside money, from outside PACs, inside political action committees and things like that, they'll take that money all day long. But that's not, if it comes from a public employees union or a leftist organization from out of state or on the other side of the state, it's not dark money. It's their money. It's only dark money if a small business donates to your campaign or a small business puts up a yard sign. Then, it, then it's dark money, <laughs> right? Because that, that's, yeah. Are, are we down to whose ox is getting gored here as to where the money turns dark or not? <laughs> well, I, I think we could have the ox getting, I don't know. Can anyone afford to have that much meat and feed it all at once other than yourself? <laughs> you know, not anymore. We're, we're, too, we're too busy. Come fu- on, man. We're too busy funding drugs addiction and other things and you know lack of law enforcement we're funding all the other things that aren't working and so there's some other you know races that we're going to be talking about i think rod higgins probably has some opinion on a few things that are on your ballot my ballot and it's time to fill those things out and uh, if you share rod's analysis share this podcast with your friends tell them it's not too late to vote get that vote in unless i mean if you're a democrat vote on Wednesday, the second Wednesday of November. (laughs) We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Caleb Collier. And I'm Gavin Spees of Turning Point USA Faith with exciting news for the Inland Northwest. America is at a turning point. The direction she takes is up to you. Free America Tour featuring Charlie Kirk is coming to Spokane October 29th at 4 p.m. This is a free event hosted by Valley Assembly Church at 15618 East Broadway in Spokane Valley, Washington. Arrive early for priority seating. Get tickets now at tpusa.com forward slash free America. Links can also be found at churchandstate.media. Christians, it's time to activate to prove once and for all that God is greater than government. You will be blessed. You will be motivated. Take action. You're looking at your ballot and realize you need more information about candidates and issues. There are two organizations that you can check out. The Citizens Alliance for Property Rights. Check them out at www.capr.us. And then, We Believe We Vote is also a great source from the Christian perspective on candidates and issues, so log on to www.webelievewevote.com. Again, that's www.capr.us and www.webelievewevote.com. And welcome back from the break, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on some thoughtful perspective from council member Rod Higgins here this Thursday on Right Spokane Perspective. Now, I got to tell you, we went off into the break and I said Democrats should vote the second Wednesday in November. Now, I know that there's programs out there for early voting and things in a lot of states. And so we've kind of done that here in Washington, too. So you can start voting Democrats the first Wednesday of November as well. But with that, we're going to go ahead and give the microphone back to Rod Higgins. 
don't you know that Washington was probably the test case, you know, the beta shot for what happened in the last election with mail-in ballots and all the ballots going out to places that nobody had ever heard of before? And, oh, ballots found here and ballots found there and, you know. A lot of ballots. And, and I mean, it's to the point where, you know, I've doorbelling and researching elections and initiatives. If the fire marshal ever wanted to look at occupancy ratings for residential uh, and even commercial facilities, if there's too many people registered to vote there, they should probably look into it. Probably. But, you know, you also have uh, ballots that are uh, leaving the country that are not necessarily for military purposes. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. How about just a quickie update of what's going on in Spokane Valley right now? Spokane Valley is thriving. You know, I just caught some headlines there, Councilman, that you Spokane Valley, and I think it's for like the 14th year in a row, you guys are going to forego taking the 1% property tax. Well, you know, we had to argue that one a little bit because while as a political gesture, that's a good idea. And especially in a time when you really don't want to raise taxes, this isn't exactly raising it, but it is. It works out to very little money per capita. It's $150,000 spread over 30,000 people. So you think about it, but there are a couple of other things here too. Moody's the last time around, you know, they upgraded us to the highest rating that a city can get for a city our size. In fact, they actually went one beyond that this last time around. But in their notes, they said, you know, it's troubling that you're not taking all of the, the sources of revenue that are available to you. Well, that still leaves that door open if and when we need it. But you get down to then a legislator, for instance, who says, well, why should we be giving money to your city when you're not taking all the money that you're allowed? So you get a crisscross of arguments here, and sooner or later, you're thinking, okay, we're a city of 110,000 people now, okay? Depends on who you talk to in Department of Commerce. Sure, sure. But at some point, we're going to have to look at a lot of things that a city our size should be looking at that right now we don't do. And if and when we do that, then I'm afraid that those years of consecutive not taking that 1% are probably going to come to an end. You bet. Just brace yourself. I'm not, it won't this time. Okay. But now, did the Valley get into a new law enforcement coverage contract with the Sheriff's Department? It's coming. It's coming. Okay. So it's still uh, being negotiated now, or is it yes. finished negotiated and it's just going through its final nope, write-ups? Nope. It's in, under negotiation right now. The okay. contract expires twelve thirty one. And what are you hoping as an individual council member to get out of that contract? Well, more of the same. I, I've got to say that when Mark Werner was our chief of police, we had probably as close to our own chief of police as a city can have while still contracting out. Right. Okay. Well, that's sort of gone back the other way again. And that is not a real comfortable feeling, let's put it that way. We have uh, definition problems like we're told that we're fully staffed. Well, fully staffed is in the eyes of the beholder. I think of fully staffed as sufficient boots on the ground doing patrols that they're supposed to be doing. And we don't have that. But we do have people in training. We have people who are hired and et cetera, et cetera. I would like in our negotiations for us to use our definition of fully staffed rather than theirs. Okay. And okay. what is your definition of fully staffed? Because, I mean, first thing that comes to my mind is we're looking at a deputy to resident ratio. Well, yeah, and, it's, it's, you know, you know how nine many times officers? out of 10, they're going to want to say, well, we want to use the national average. And if you right. look at the national average, 
it's inadequate. Well, but, you know, but, but we have to be realistic about this too. I mean, when we have, uh, you know, it's it's more difficult for law enforcement to hire people now because of all the negative press. We also have a, a, an exploding population compared to the amount of people that want to be, be in law enforcement. You know, you have the state limiting their budget as you brought forward to us mm-hmm. earlier about you're not taking the full property tax and you want more money for criminal justice coming from the state. You know, all those things figure into yep. a city's budget. And, and I think you have residents that have a different definition Then you know, you look at the federal number, there's no law enforcement agency in this region that actually has enough officers per thousand residents, according to the federal government. The sheriff's office is ahead of the city of Spokane, but I think the residents of the Spokane Valley, tell me if I'm wrong, other than the fact I called it Spokane Valley instead of city of Spokane Valley, but tell me if I'm wrong, the residents of the city of Spokane Valley would like to have enough officers so the problems that are happening in the city of Spokane don't bleed into the valley. Absolutely. So what is that number, do you think? Well, our contract, I believe, calls for 109 officers. 109 officers for 110,000 people? That's one. That's less than one officer per thousand, right? Yes. Oh, that's definitely below the national average. Yes, yeah. for sure. That says, is it just because, of, you know, there's a lot of folks out in the city of Spokane Valley that sit on their porch with shotguns? You don't need the officers. <laughs> or, I know that there's a little bit of that, but I mean, the citizens should have uh, officers as well as, uh, uh, you know, their own personal protection. Should have officers or shotguns? <laughs> well, I think you can have both. I mean, the officers kind of prevent crime. And then if you have an emergency, they show up. I mean, if, if you end up having to use that shotgun in protection of your life or property, you need that officer to show up. What you need is the protection of knowing that if you have to do that, you're not going to be the victim. That brings us around to, uh, hey, what if we have a situation where you've got, where I'm trying to go with it is that the situation gets so bad that you're looking at a vigilance committee type situation. I would think in some of our blue cities, the big ones, right? we're close to that. Where it doesn't become more of a, it's less of a block watch and more of uh, all night armed security. Call it what you will. Yeah, vigilance is just a, a lower form of the word vigilante. <laughs> well, you know, and I think that people are to the point where they feel like they have to do something to stay safe in their community. And, and we, a lot of people don't feel that now because we've legalized, no, we, we've legalized, or maybe we haven't even legalized it. We've just let it happen where, you know, you can shoot up drugs on the corner, you know, the violence that's out on the streets. We're just supposed to, you know, keep our head down, ignore it, hopefully get to our car that wasn't broken into that still has a catalytic converter and go home. Well, thank you, Supreme Court of the state of Washington. Exactly. Did they make things better? No. Not even close. Nope. As a matter of fact, Al French kind of pegged it really well the other day when he was sitting here with Tim and I and the listeners during an interview. And it's basically, look, when you are looking at legislation, you end up passing legislation. It's not about the intent of the legislation. It's all about the impact that the legislation has once it's passed and implemented. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, you know, we had uh, Ozzy Knezovich in and, you know, for an extended interview. And I, I basically look at it now as if, you know, our judicial system's making a decision on whether there's room in the jail or not, even if that justice might not want to incarcerate anyone, they might be one of those defund police kind of politicians. We're free range prison and we're just the inmates that happen to be paying the bills. Well, thank you for touching on our legal system, okay? Our judicial system. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, as good as the cops are, how good can they be if <laughs> they arrest somebody, they send them downtown, 
and that person can probably beat them back out to the valley. Yeah. Well, I'll do I'll do you one better there, Councilman. And basically, I'm sitting on an audio clip right now. It's a little bit more than eight minutes long. It comes from a West Side TV station. And basically, they were doing an expose on what the law preventing our law enforcement officers to engage in high-speed pursuits. And basically what the expose was all about was it was all about the bad guys that were being pursued by the police and followed by the police. The bad guy would get on 911 and report to the 911 operator, hey, look, in accordance with House Bill number 1058, law enforcement is not supposed to be pursuing or following my vehicle, even though I have a no driver's license or, you you know what I'm saying? A suspended driver's license. And they admit that they're engaged in a crime with the 911 operator and they're asking the operator to radio the police and tell them to back down but that, and, and that, that's what the 911 operator has to do at that and, point and that was a west that side, doesn't make any lick it, of sense it doesn't make any lick of sense and that was a west side story and not the play that everyone pays to go see so that west side story is actually coming to the east side i just saw last week on the sheriff's facebook page an incident where police wanted to know the whereabouts and you know if the people could help in solving a crime where there was was a pickup truck with a camper trailer in bad condition that eluded police. Now, I don't know what kind of engine is in our current squad cars, but I know that there there's still those uh, police interceptors and they're faster than your typical vehicle. But the reason why the person was able to elude police with the truck and camper attached, and I think it was a Chevrolet, so it shouldn't be able to run from anything. But anyway, <laughs> I, I think that uh, I'm, I'm kind of a Ford guy and I like, I like Japanese cars. They're just more reliable. But anyhow, government Motors, GM, Chevrolet can now run from the police with a trailer attached right here in Spokane County because of our laws and the lawlessness of our legislature, Rod, and the Supreme Court, like you said. Let me, it starts at the Supreme Court. This is kind of the reverse of of Rudy Giuliani's New York City, where he started with people washing windshields and worked up. Right. Well, this is the other way around. It's top down. Before we get too far and I, I run out of time here, there are a couple other things here we need to talk about. Sure. The judicial system. You've got two people running for judge, okay? In position three, you have Jenny Zappone. Uh-huh. Okay, now there might be some confusion because we have a council member, Zappone. Right. And Spokane, they are not related. Not related. Okay. Not related. Good. Okay. They are not. Okay. And Jenny Zappone gets my vote. Okay. As does Deanna Cruel. Okay. Okay. And as a little note I sent out, if you like the philosophy of a sorrows back DA, you'll love Andrew Biviano. No, we don't like Andrew. Not no. not a fan. <clears throat> Well, that makes three of us. <laughs> okay. So, so you're 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 talking about to say the names again. So, the judges that are showing up on your ballot that will be getting your vote and uh, like-minded's vote will be Jenny Zapone and Deanna. Yeah, Kroll. you betcha. Okay, all right, very good. Any other races that you you see something going on? Are we out of time? Oh, you got another minute here. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, let me tell you a little war story. There was a citizen that was involved in a car accident. In the valley. The investigating patrol officer gets there and starts writing things down and stuff. And and the guy who was hit says, hey, aren't you going to cite that guy? And the officer said, well, no. First of all, he looks like he can't afford insurance. And secondly, he looks like if I wrote him a ticket, he couldn't pay it anyway. Now, doesn't that stop you in your tracks? What? 
That sounds <clears throat> unbelievable. Wow. Well, let me see if I can top that one. About a week later, there was a lady who had some stuff stolen, okay? And apparently who were, the thieves were on camera and even actually probably known, if the truth be known. But the investigating officer there said to her, well, we don't have enough officers we don't have m- enough money to do this right. Go before city council and tell them we need more money. That's wow. paraphrasing. Sure. That's where we are. Wow. So you're not going to get a citation if it doesn't look like you can afford to pay the fine. I shouldn't have shaved this week, Mike. And uh, apparently law enforcement can't afford to give this citation either. That weird. is weird. For sure. Or, or, or show up to give the citation. Well, the cost of pens and stuff like that, who knows? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are unfortunately out of time. We'd like to extend a huge Right Spokane Perspective welcome and thank you to Council Member Rod Higgins, who serves there in the city of Spokane Valley. As we always strongly encourage you, you got to log on, check it out, or make a phone call www.spokanevalley.org. You can pick up the phone and dial up Councilmember Rod Higgins locally by dialing 509-990-4028. All of that being said, Mike and Tim are out of here today. We'll be back at you and in your face again tomorrow. Bye-bye.